I better get into my, my preaching. So I'm not feeling all that great about it this morning because it's one of those really, yeah, Jesus ones. Thank you for giving it to me, but you guys are going to get it. So, uh, no, in a good way. I'm going to pray. Bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray this morning for your word. Thank you so much that, that you want to communicate to us at a personal and deep level. Uh, but Lord, sometimes you have to um, uh, show us the things that are in us that, that we need to let go of and need to get rid of. And so this morning, I pray that it be a great morning of uh, freedom for people as we just say, God, have your way in our hearts. And Lord, I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. I read this statement a few days ago um, from, from the little booklet, Every Day with Jesus. And I think it's a really great place for me to start this morning's message. And it, it says this, I have it on the screen there, it should pop up. Uh, that's the title. You like the title? It's pretty clever. And here's, here's what I want. It says this, Many do not realise how profoundly the way we think about God and his character influence the way we worship him. The way we work for him and the way we witness for him. Doubts about the goodness of God will result in our souls keeping our distance from him and if we do not have confidence in him we'll not desire a close relationship with him it's you know quite amazing things we uh, we see in that but I, my title this morning is looking with glass eyes and i'll explain that in a second but there are three key things or words to look at in that that little statement that that i just read out to you and, and we're going to look at them and hopefully be able to apply them to our lives as we go home and go into our week this week. And those three words are worship. I think I'll, I'll put them up here for you if this is working. Worship, work and witness. And as we just read, if we have a, a distorted view of God, all those things will be wrong in our life. We'll be working out of wrong motives, wrong understandings, uh, wrong uh, reasons. And, and we'll be doing everything incorrectly and then wondering why life doesn't seem to make sense in our spiritual journey. And I want to encourage you today, every single person that God created and you were created by God is on a journey of discovering who Jesus really is. And so I want to try and um, promote that into your thinking today that Jesus wants to take you from wherever you are today into something much better and much more fulfilling in your future. But possibly there are three main ways that, um, three main ways in our life that, that we can produce spiritual fruit. And that's our theme this year is being fruitful. And they're found in those three things. Our worship, our work, and our witness. If we can start to develop those three areas in our life, then the natural progression will be we'll be fruitful people and that we'll be a fruitful church. And that will be a, a thriving person and a thriving garden as a church for God. So before we look at those things, I want to introduce you to the glass eye. Um, I don't know what this one looks like. What have we got here? A glass eye is made to look like a real eye. This is, this is the dynamic part here. But it can't look like a real eye. Play on words there, gee, this is brilliant stuff. <laughs> a glass eye is made to look like a real eye, 
but it can't look like a real eye. In fact, it can't look at all. You get it? My breeze is on it. She's like, yeah. <laughs> I must admit, I've been, this, this year, I've been struggling with my eyesight for some reason. And my, my, my writing for my notes has gone upsized, like two sizes up. And I can actually see my notes today. And, and soon I'm going to have like about this thick with about four words per, per page for my notes so I can keep reading. So I've got to apologize. Last time I was here, I couldn't see what I was reading and, and all my pages were jumbled up and everything. And I was like, blah, blah. So hopefully today it'll make more sense. But I'm speaking about spiritual concepts because it's possible to have all the looks of a Christian. Now put your thinking caps on. Oh, it's great to see Clive here today. How do you have, a, how do you have a heart, open heart surgery and come to church a week later? Praise God. But I'm speaking about spiritual concepts. It's possible to have all the looks of a Christian, but don't look like a Christian. By that I mean the understanding of life from a Bible Jesus-centric centric looking. So we can come to church, we can dress up, we, we can... We can talk the talk, but there can be something missing where we aren't looking. We're only looking with a glass eye, which, by the way, is impossible because you can't look with a glass eye. People looking at the glass eye think that's a looking eye, but it's not a looking eye. <laughs> so I think I've stumbled onto something here. But honestly, I think, I think even though I just stumbled upon this, I think it can change people's lives today. If you're seeking deep spiritual things, I'm telling you, this is the deepest it's going to go. I tell you, there's some, so, so many times where people just want, to, they want deepness, they want to know all about the, 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 the things in the Old Testament and how that relates, and that's all awesome. But you know what? If you can't forgive your sister, you've gone too deep. You've gone so deep, you... you, you you, you're putting your one foot in the grave before it needs to be there. So now you're expecting some detailed exposition of an, of an obscure verse, which I'm very apt at doing, but I'm not <laughs> going to do that today. I want to show you a story from Jesus. Jesus was confronted by the experts of religion. They studied it. They taught it. They practiced the strictest form of religious ever. And... Jesus confronted these, these men. See, they totally looked the part, but there was something wrong with their looking. They thought they did everything perfectly, religiously. They were the, the, the very pinnacle of a glass eye that looked perfect, but couldn't look. Ouch. Matthew 22, verses 34 and 39. The question that these religious leaders came to Jesus says, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, there was two different groups of religious people in Jesus' days, religious teachers. We've got to understand these, these 
phrases that we're using, a Pharisee and a Sadducee. I haven't met any of them myself. But they're two different streams of religious uh, purity. So the Pharisees, they thought they were the purest, and the Sadducees thought they were the purest. And they say, but we follow this teaching, and we follow these rules, and we follow that, and we're, we're more pure than, than your purity. They had a, had a competition going there. So anyway, when the Pharisees heard that the Sadducees had been silenced, they're thinking, well, they haven't got the real religion. We have. Now we're going to shut Jesus down. And so uh, they, they, they were shut down with his reply. They met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religion, in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important important which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. See, what I've discovered recently is people who don't love themselves can't love others either. And people who haven't learned to love themselves can't love God either. See, our slogan this year, every year we, we put a big poster up at, at Centenary, a big banner, whatever we call it, at Centenary Oval. And uh, this year we want people to get on board with, with uh, putting our stickers all over your cars and put them everywhere you can so that people see it and, and hopefully they come and talk to you and identify you as a one-heart person. But our slogan for Centenary Oval this year, we've had love Port Lincoln, love Air Peninsula. And I really think this is prophetic for our season of, of, of our nation, really, is people have got to learn to love who they are. So that's what it's going to say, one heart, love who you are. Because we want to love who they are and we want you to love who you are. We want them to love who they are. We want everyone to love who they are. Because there's a breakdown in society when people don't discover how to love themselves. Because if you can't love yourself, you'll have no hope in loving someone else in a pure sense. And the problem we have in the world today is we judge words like love according to a distorted view of that that the devil has, has put his, his fingerprints all over and said, that's what it is. It's all about manipulating and controlling and, 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 and uh, trying to get something out of others. But see, the, the purity of the, and the love that God has is, is totally nothing like that. So love who you are begins when you understand God's value on you. Until you know that, I'm not sure that you can love the Lord with all your heart. We've got to have a revelation a spiritual encounter with God that we suddenly realize the depths of our own uh, sinfulness. We're talking about people and their problems. And the root issue is they love the Lord their God with only a part of their heart. They're only seeing God. I'm talking about Christians here. I'm talking to the church this morning. People who, who only, their only understanding of God is through a lens that's a glass eye. So they think they're looking at God, but they're not even looking. Because we, we, we've been so distorted by the wrong 
the, the wrong value systems. I'll say it again, a glass eye is made to look like a real eye, but it can't look like a real eye. See, we can't be fruitful pretending we have to be real disciples. You tell me which eye is the glass eye there. They both look so real. I think, is that one or that one? That one or that one? That one's a glass eye. I think that guy's in a lot of trouble. We can't be fruitful pretending in our spiritual journey. We have to be real disciples. We have to be, we have to be discipling ourselves under the, the guidance of Jesus, dis- discovering who he is. So those three words that I, I, I mentioned earlier, worship, work, and the other W, witness. I'm going to give you some, some little pointers on that this morning that you can take with you, not only this week, but I hope to start the year off well so that you can position yourself to be more fruitful. So hopefully some of these things make sense. No, so number one, worship. Worship is giving ourselves to God. I know we might think but they're, they're the, 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 the slow songs in church. That is part of worship, but not all of it. But it's not saying, uh, singing songs in church. Uh, Although that is worship, and and we'll look at that right now. But worship defined is a life seeking after God. So you think, well, what is worship? Worship is is a life that is defined, that is is bordered by the desire to serve God, or to find God, or to know God. That's what worship is. Um, Something we don't see much of anymore in church, I'm glad of, is is those who only turn up late for church intentionally to avoid the worship time, what we call our worship time. It used to happen a real lot. You'd have that time, you know, we, you know, we go for about 10 or 15 minutes of singing and then all these people would come in, oh, we don't like that part. So they turn up afterwards. I'm glad we don't see really much of that anymore. But Matthew 6.10, it says this, Jesus taught about God's will. In, in the, he's talking about the, this is the, the prayer that he taught his disciples. They call it the Lord's Prayer. And Jesus taught in that prayer, he, he mentions these words. He says, uh, um, God's will being done on earth as it is in heaven. So as it is in heaven is total glory to God. Um, you know, if, if you look in some parts, I don't know if I wrote down the, 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 the things here, but in heaven, there's, there's living beings that are so glorious and so amazing, but they're worshipping God. Um, they're, they're around the throne of God, and it's, it's super-dimensional worship because we live on a single-dimensional world. But in heaven, it's like it's super-dimensional. It's like you know, if you're here on that Friday night service a few weeks ago, it talks about what it's like in heaven, and there's angels with wheels, and they go up and down and around and every which way, and they've got faces and eyes and wings and and covered in eyes all over their wings. And, but they're, they're worshipping God, they're singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord that never stops. And as God's will on earth as it is in heaven, is, is, it's reproducing what happens in heaven, and that is a place of total devotion and worship to the King of Kings. And so if someone says, oh, I don't like the worship in church, there's a serious heart issue. We're going to look at heart issues later. So... Heaven worship is described in Isaiah where a mighty 
these mighty seraphim, these angels, they fly and sing at the same time. They're just totally absorbed in who God is. And I think when you're in heaven, you can't ignore God. Having an encounter with Jesus and understanding his sacrifice for our sin unblocks the arteries to our worship. We need to have a revelation of, of what life is without God, a revelation of what life is with sin and to have that sin removed. The, the natural progression of that is to worship, is to say thank you. See, when we have blocked arteries naturally, we have a heart attack. And when we have blocked spiritual arteries, we can't worship. In, in James chapter 4, verse 8, James talks about being divided of heart. And he says, if you're like that, you can't expect anything from God. And so what I want us to hone in on as we really are still starting this year is uh, a, a, a focus of our heart back to the Lord. So our loyalty is not divided, but it's focused on discipleship. So why is worship important to fruitfulness? Because it's a spiritual sowing in our life. Worship is important as it focuses our heart on the Lord above all other things. And I know that's easy for us to say that, but you know what? I've, I've been in church plenty of times. I probably even did it today. And I'm thinking, well, you know, um, why isn't that working? Or, uh, you know, I wonder what, what lunch is going to be like today. I hope Pauline put the roast on. You know, and you're thinking about all these things that so easily get our attention off what we should be thinking about in our worship. Our whole life is worship. So if you're kind to somebody who needs help, that's worship. I can brag a moment. And I'm going to talk about not bragging soon. But the other day I saw, true, part of the message, the other day I saw a guy with his gopher broken down. And it was a bit of a warm day and I thought, oh, should have checked his battery before he left home. I'm not the only person who thinks like this. But I'm thinking he, he can't get out of his seat. He's like struggling around. So I thought, well, I better go and help. But he wanted to, he was sort of trying to roll start the thing, but in gear. And he goes, I'll just push it like, it's got to be in gear. And you push. And so I'm pushing for a lot longer than I want to push for. But you know something? That's worship. Because Jesus told a story about that where someone was in need, and, and I won't go to the whole story, but someone was in need and they were hurting and, and, and stuck on the side of the road. And it says those religious experts, they went the other way. They pretended they didn't see. And I, I know Pauline lo loves to catch me. I only, only those rare moments when I'm looking at Facebook, she catches me. Very occasionally. I might just have a quick little look, just a flash. And she's like, you're on Facebook again? I thought you were studying. I thought you were doing your message. But I tell you, I don't know how I stumble on these things, but I find this stuff on there. And you see over and over again, you know, I don't know if you've seen these fights, these that people film fights on Facebook. And you think, why doesn't someone stop the fight? Where, why isn't there anybody in all that crowd going, hey, 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 hey? That's enough. And, and you're thinking, this is crazy. But I, but I see in that the world has lost its, its compass. The world's lost. I'm not saying it's only a modern thing. It's happened all along. But you know what? We, we need to be, we need to be the, the one 
who will say, well, I can, I can make a difference today. That's worship. So worship is singing the slow songs in church and it's also being a witness for Jesus wherever you are. It's being nice. You know, the world would be a much better place if everyone was nice. So, second one. Work. Oh, sorry, I already had that one up. Work is giving of ourselves to serve others. Matthew 6, verses 2 and 4. Jesus taught about humility in serving others. So, we call that um, just blowing our own trumpet. And in that verse, Jesus talks about when, when you do something good, don't, don't you know, sound a trumpet. So there's another saying that comes from the Bible, originates in the Bible. When, when we say that, oh, he's blowing his own trumpet, Jesus taught, said it first. So serving God must come through a personal relationship with Jesus from a heart of gratitude because of what God has done and what he's given us. That's a good foundation to start our work from. So in Luke chapter 9, verse 62 Jesus warns about those who start the work but then turn back. Start off, with, start off enthusiastic. Start off saying, well, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to commit myself to, to, to a task. Um, I'm going to serve the church or, or something or other. And it says they then turn back. <clears throat> Serving God must come through a personal relationship with Jesus from a heart of gratitude of what God's given us. 2 Timothy 2.15, Paul tells Timothy, be a good worker who presents the word of truth, who presents the word of truth well. So I don't think it's good for disciples to be idle. Uh, you, may not have to be, you may not have to have paid work, but you shouldn't be idle. Because when, you, when you're idle for too long, you start to, you start to rust up. You start to seize up. You start to, to, to suddenly start to get a, a focus upon yourself that, that is all internal. So it's good to not be idle for that purpose alone. So I, I, I encourage everyone, give yourself to serving others. Find somewhere that you can do something. Volunteer. Volunteer for your church. Volunteer in the community. Find a, find a charity organization or or even serve people in your street. I knew one man who used to mow his lawn and then do all the other neighbours around his street. He'd do five lawns all around the neighbourhood. And you know, he, he never made a, a fuss about it. He never, never knocked on everyone's door and said, oh, by the way, did you notice I just mowed your lawn? Most people only found out about that at his funeral where his neighbours said, you know, it was so amazing, he, he'd mow his lawn, and then the next thing he'd, he'd do the other neighbour's lawn, then he'd go to the other neighbour's lawn, and then, he, then he'd do the other neighbour's lawn. The only reason that he did that is because he wanted to demonstrate to the community something of the grace of God in his life. Something about glass eyes, I'll tell you. Looking with glass eyes. Glass eyes need to be noticed. Glass eyes uh, need to be noticed, recognized, and honored for what they do. Real eyes see the joy they bring to others, and that's enough. We need to write that one down. There's no one's writing. No one's even got their phones out. 
Fill on your breeze. Get a photo of that. Send it to everyone in church. The third one is witness. See, a glass eye cannot see a purpose. You getting anything out of these points this morning? See, a glass eye cannot see a purpose. See, the purpose of the church is to be a witness for Jesus in the world today. So, whatever you might think church is, that's what it's for. That's its primary focus, is to be a witness for God in the world right now. I'll give you a little thing here. Judas, the disciple of Jesus, had a glass eye. He had a glass eye perspective of Jesus and his purpose. See, when a woman, it says only, only a few nights before Jesus' uh, arrest and, and eventual crucifixion, it says a woman came and she broke expensive, expensive box of perfume on his feet, would have been worth a year's wages. Maybe in, in, if you fly in, fly out, work at today, a lot of money. If you work at Hungry Jack's or something like that, it's not a lot of money. But it was a lot of money, a FIFA, or whatever they call it, fly-in, fly-out person, FIFA, person's wages. So a lot of money was in this box. And she came in worship in gratitude of Jesus, and she, broke, she just broke the box. Irretrievable, can't get it back again. So she, she's done this, and, and Jesus said of this woman, her, this sacrifice is going to be told until I come back again. It's going to never be forgotten, because it's so, so pure, so amazing what what she's done for God but in the room is Judas looking with his glass eye not looking very good at all he says that money should have been used to give to the poor what a waste what a waste looking through a glass eye will never see purpose so I'm going to give you some things and hopefully you can understand it in the right spirit why do we spend money on buildings? Why do we buy new chairs? We've just bought 50 new chairs. I'm wrapped about that because I want to see 50 new people sitting on them. But why did, why did we spend money on air conditioning? On a day like today, you'll know why. And all the rest. Why are we building a new fence and, and a retaining wall so our car park won't wash away again? See, the purpose of the church is to clearly witness to the world the grace and power of God. So if we have people coming into our church and, and, and it's not comfortable, if we have people coming into the church and the chairs are smelly and dirty, now I praise God that we had, we had people who looked with, with, with pure eyes this week and came and washed all the chairs. And we, we put fabric protector on all the chairs and we had all the carpets washed this week. That's, why, that's because we're people who want to see with real eyes, who want to look with, with, with true eyes. Not a glass eye will say, oh, that's a waste of money. Why do we need a new roof? Just let it leak. Because we want to see with, with true eyes. See, the purpose of the church is to be a clear witness to the world of the grace and the power of God. The grace of God is undeserved goodness that he gives to all mankind. We don't deserve Jesus. So if you're unaware that the story of church, the story of where it all comes from is because Jesus Christ
gave of himself. He was God, came to earth as a man, died, paid the penalty of sin, which in the Old Testament teaches us that the only way out of sin is for an animal to die, for its blood to be shed and put on an altar, and then you are temporarily cleansed of your sin. It was a temporary measure. Well, the, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ was an eternal sacrifice that lasts forever for all men everywhere, for anyone who believe and repent of their sins. I'm using that word repent a lot because we need to, we need to realize that there's got to be a turning away for true salvation. Because there's a lot of people who've been in church a long time, going on a religious journey, but they're looking with a glass eye. And nothing seems to make sense. The, the catch cry of a person who sees life with a glass eye is it's not fair. It's not fair the way they talk to me. It's not fair the way they treat me. It's not fair the way I didn't get paid. It's not fair is the, the, the attitude and the culture of a person with a glass eye. Because we have eyes that look, we will see people who otherwise will never find Jesus. Because we have eyes that look, we will find people who we can share the, some help with, share some food with, share some company with, share some friendship with, because we want to have eyes that are looking eyes, not eyes that look like eyes. So the purpose of the church is to clearly witness to the world of the grace and the power of God. See, what speaks louder to your friends and family is your life. Philippians 2.15. It says, live in such a way so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. We don't have to look very fast, afar to realize that the world is messed up. That's you know, Bible way of saying, hey, we live in a messed up world. But if you want to make a mark for God, if you want to make a mark for Jesus, reach someone else. Don't just bring them to church. You be the church that goes to them. See, the church is not our building. That's the place where we come together. But the church is, is the believers. Believing believers who look out of themselves to the world. There's, there's a story in the Bible about, it says, if we misinterpret this, that Jesus talked about a sheepfold and he talks about you know, people coming to him like sheep and they're all in a, in a sheepfold, in a, in a pen together. And the amazing thing is he, he, Jesus says, the sheep know my voice and I call them out. So we didn't get saved so we could have amazing times in here, which is great. I love it and we need it. But he, we need to be listening to his voice, looking with the right eyes and going out to the world that needs us. In Daniel 12 verse 3, Daniel describes those who lead others to righteousness 
are wise. I want us to be a wise church. Be a wise disciple, a wise Christian today. So the fruitful life is best seen when we live seeing spiritually. Seeing through a glass eye will not see purpose. You won't see the reason why. One more verse, 1 Corinthians 13, 12 says, Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. See, let's, ne let's never be satisfied being eyes that look good. Rather, let's be eyes that look good, that look right. I don't, I don't want to find the best eye maker and say, make me an eye that looks like a real one because it can look perfect, it can look great. And I remember in high school there was a girl and she had a glass eye and we thought it was amazing but we thought she could see out of it. And, and we think, well, it's all right, she's got a glass eye now. She's fine. Look at that. It, it sort of looked real, but we noticed that it didn't move. Like when one eye moved, the other one stayed looking and it's a little bit, got a little bit scary to look at. But we don't want to find an artist to draw us and paint us a beautiful looking eye and say, hey, look at this eye. We need to be people saying, God, give me eyes that look. Give me eyes that look spiritually so that I can understand you and know you completely. Let's bow our heads and I'm going to pray for you this morning. Because I want to pray for people today that you may have eyes that look by spiritual standards, that... that that look by a spiritual standard. Because we've got too much to do in, in the world today. We've got too much uh, ground to take that, that is impossible if we're going to be a church that is only looking with glass eyes. So we're going to say, Lord Jesus, replace my eyes. Give me eyes that are looking purely and intently into your spiritual, into your spiritual plan. We're going to pray that we may have eyes that see by spiritual standards, that we may have purity in our worship because we see Jesus better. We see Jesus clearly. We want to pray for power in our work, that we're not just doing, doing things with no purpose, but we're, we're saying, well, God, I want, to, I want to see the power of the work that we've done. So if you come to come to this place and help build a fence or help paint a wall or, or, or clean a chair or, or, or vacuum the carpet. There's a purpose in that work. It's a gateway for someone to come to the place and have all the obstacles taken away so that they can hear the Word of God. And we want to have purpose in our witness that we know that we're changing lives for eternity. We're saving the world from a Christless eternity. And as I've said earlier, as we start this year, start from today, I know fruit will follow in our lives when we start looking with an eye that doesn't look like an eye 
but looks because it's a spiritual encounter that we're having with Jesus. So, Lord God, I just pray today, Lord, for each one of those areas in our lives. Lord, if we know how to, how to look with the right eye spiritually, then it's going to change our entire perspective. It's going, to, it's going to create within us the ability to reproduce. It's going to create within us the ability to, to produce fruit for the kingdom of God. And Lord, I just pray right now for every, uh, every person here today that they may be uh, touched with something of your Holy Spirit today, touched with something of, of faith today, that their eyes may begin to see more clearly, that they may begin to understand when they're before you, what they should do with their life. Lord, I pray that we don't be purposeless, but we be a church that is full of purpose. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, church. Thank you for coming.